This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Behold podcast. Just want to say before we get into it that Dan and I, man, we are so encouraged by those of you who tune in every week and listen, and we're just struck by um, God's just kindness in that way, making that happen, because we don't really advertise Behold that much and talk about it uh, in our community, and yet a lot of you are so faithful to share the word and, and tune in, so thanks for joining us. Yeah, and thanks for all, all the feedback we get, too. We hear from a lot of our beholders just as we're moving out and about through the halls of our buildings or meeting together on Sundays. People send us emails and come up to us and just share. It's tumbling and it's encouraging. So it's nice to know there's there's people out there, right? Right, Sean? It's not just us. 100%. And I think Dan and I would both say this. Like, we don't want this to ever feel for us and you guys like it's a... Uh, Hey, we're podcasters, you know, <laughs> listen to this thing. We just want to feel like we're all chewing on God's truth together each week and digging into it in our lives and just doing it together, you know? So thanks for being a part of that. Uh, that said, Sean and Dan, as usual here uh, on this, this episode, and also we have the one and the only, the temporary bachelor this week, Mr. Stephen Greenaway. Uh, hey guys. Welcome, dude. So I need some explanation. Laura left you? What is she? She's gone? She's away on a business trip. Uh, her company wanted to, wanted her to take a business class, like a one-week class in Chicago. Oh, wow. So she's at Chicago Booth taking business classes. And uh, Connie, her mom, uh, my mother-in-law, she went with her. So they get to spend evenings together. And they're going to stay one extra day on Saturday. And be back late Saturday night. So yeah, I've been yeah batching it up. And Laura, Laura will probably never hear this, and she would probably hate that we're saying it. But she's kind of a big deal at her at her place of employment. She they love her there, and uh, she's kind of she's kind of top of the pile out there, isn't she? She is. Yeah, and she's very good at downplaying it. But right. I'm like, Laura, they spent thousands of dollars for you to take this class. And they only they don't do that with anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's and very she's very like un, she's very understated in, in general. Like she's brilliant and talented and mm-hmm. just has so much to offer. But she's you know she's she's also very humble and it's a great it's a great combination. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, she's great. Uh, so tell us what you're doing this this week to maximize your your bachelorhoodness to, to, and to make sure that you use the time well. Give us a little window into your plans while she's away. Uh, that's part of the issue. I'm like, what do I do with myself? <laughs> like, what is life? <laughs> hey, I got to see at the Altamont. For yeah. The first time. I, yeah. So mother's day. So Connie was gone and then my mom was in Hawaii. And so, yeah, and then there wasn't high school ministry going on. And so I was able to go visit the Altamont campus, which I haven't done in years. And that was a huge blessing just to see, that side of the family <laughs> yeah, uh, and hang out with them. Uh, spent mother's day basically with the Bairds. <laughs> I was one of those like, yeah, what's one more? <laughs> we'll just throw one more in on the pile, you know? And that was amazing. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't sleep well. 
when Laura's gone because I just don't have any like patterns or training to know when to go to bed because we just like <laughs> All go your to bed at the gone. same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I just get home and I'm like lonely. You have your plans. I get distracted. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the problems. It's like all these things that I could work on or water the plants or fertilize the plants or work on this project and or, you know, go on YouTube or play chess or it's just like everything's so distracting you're or work on something a, you're for such tomorrow. A, a renaissance man over I here. Well, I could work on my, my plants or play some chess. Who knows what oh I would do? You should come <laughs> no, you should come to the admirable. gathering. <laughs> you should come to the gathering this Thursday. That'd be a great way, way for you to spend uh, some time. Okay. Yeah. Put me on the spot. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, if you if you know Stephen, he got his number. Just check on him this week because we're a little bit worried about you, buddy. <laughs> just him and his plants over there. <laughs> oh wow! Well, let's dig into it a little bit. Um, if you were here at the crossing this last Sunday, which Stephen wasn't because he was hanging out with me at the Altamont, or if you were at the Altamont two weeks ago, you heard the uh, the wonderful Jason Moog teach just through a really. Um, I think it can be convicting and encouraging or affirming section of scripture, which is the end of Jesus's sermon on the plain in chapter six. And yeah, just some, some heavy hitting topics here that Jason went through and really covered a lot of material. We're really grateful for Jason's hard work and preparation during that. But one of the kind of central themes throughout, that's probably what we're going to dig into today is just this idea of your foundation. You know, Jason used some different analogies and kind of pictures, but one of the things he did towards the end was just kind of explain the natural progression and flow logically of how your foundation affects your whole life, right? And he kind of laid it out where it starts as everyone has a foundation. You may, not, you may not even identify that you do, but you do. We all have things in which we're basing our decisions on, we're basing our sense of identity and self-worth. Uh, we're, we're, we're deciding how we're going to pursue relationships or not, all those things. We all do those things, and they're all decided by something. And we call that thing our foundation. From that foundation come our beliefs. They, they inform what we put our trust into, what we say no to as far as beliefs go. And then from those beliefs come patterns, which turn into what we would call like values and convictions. So again, those help you decide what to say yes or no to with your time, with, with conversations, with your money, all those things. And as those develop into patterns, it's called principles. These are the principles upon which my life is built, right? And that kind of turns into guidelines or boundaries. So you kind of picture it's kind of this finer and finer web breaking out and breaking out from that foundation. And as a whole, that ends up, if you really zoom out and look at that whole progression, that's your entire life. Those those guidelines and, and boundaries, they really affect every aspect of your life. But if we rewind all of that, it all comes down to that very first question of what is your foundation? You know, what is it in which you're putting everything else into or onto um, that we just described? And one of the questions that Stephen asked and we'll have Dan ask us right now is, man, if, if you haven't really thought about this much, how do you identify what your foundation is in, right? Yeah, well, I have, I have a thought just to kind of get the conversation started on that. And obviously, Jesus had many teachings. I mean, that's a lot of what the, that's the whole, really, the New Testament, right? It's, we get to hear from the gospel narratives what Jesus was all about. And we get to have that reinforced by the apostles' writings. And 
there's so much content in there that we could focus on when it comes to building our foundation. But I wanted to throw something out there that might help us kind of, I don't know, narrow it down or simplify it a little bit. And it's recorded in Matthew chapter 22, where Jesus is asked, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Which, if you think about it, is kind of, it could potentially be a trap question, because then how do you pick? I mean, they're all, everything that God commands is, is important, right? So, so <laughs> Jesus in his, in his brilliant spirit filled awesomeness, he, he nails it. He says, it's simple guys, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And he basically in saying those two things, he sums up the whole entire law, the, everything that we read about in scripture, the laws, the prophets, everything hangs on those two commandments. And I wonder, what do you, what do you think, Stephen? Is that, is that a good place to start the conversation in terms of just evaluating how we're, what, what our, what our life is basically off of our foundation, right? Is, is how I'm, it's almost like a, like a test, right? So if what Sean said is true, if we're, if we're living our life based on these guidelines and boundaries, which are based on our principles, which come from our value, values and convictions that are derived from our beliefs. Ultimately, it comes down to what is our foundation as we're assessing our life. What do you think? Like, are my actions about loving God with everything I've got? And are they, are they defined by my love of my, of my neighbor such that I care for them as if I care for my own body? What do you think? Is that a good place to start the conversation? I do. Yes. I, I know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got it. Yeah, it's a, I think where, where my mind goes to is that God is the foundation of our lives and he created man in his image and in his likeness. And so it makes sense that those are the two those are the foundational commandments. Right. Like love God with everything that you've got and love his image bearers with everything that you've got. Yeah, and cool. you can't be hating his image bearers and loving him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just They're doesn't, connected. It doesn't they make go sense. Together. And you can't, uh, you can't be loving people, his image bearers. If you're not loving the one who they're based off of. Yeah, yeah, you won't have the capacity to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that I think that is is. I'm glad that we're in agreement on that. <laughs> and just as we let's, I don't know, like let's give some pe- people some some thoughts to to go through in terms of just some personal evaluation because I know that was helpful for me. Just as I was in the wake of Sunday, just thinking about, man, are there are there other things that I'm sliding into that foundational spot. And it's weird because when you build a house, you have a foundation and it's not like you, it's there one day and gone the next, right? It's kind of there. But, but when it comes to this issue of, of our lives and how we're building our lives, we can, we actually can day from one day to the next, or even from one moment to the next kind of replace the foundation of, of Jesus and his word with something else. So what do you guys think? Like how, how, how do we start to evaluate 
what, first of all, maybe identify what those different things can be. Yeah. And then how do we evaluate if, if we're maybe falling into that trap? Well, I think if you think about it, like you're right. If it's like a house we're talking about, like a physical house, the foundation don't just disappear. Right. But for us, if you think about what the house is that we're building, the house of our lives, we're never going to stop building. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, maybe in this season we're doing a really great job building on the firm, the firm foundation of Jesus. But then, like in a different season, we start drifting away, and we're still building our house. Picture like the world's biggest mansion or whatever it is, you know. And this is the house of our heart. It's the house of our sanctification. It's the house of our relationships with others and, and whatnot. So for sure, it it can shift <laughs> for for sure. And to me, it's like one of the questions is like I love the the Matthew verse you quoted, and to me, some of those things that you listed, like loving the Lord above all else, treating your neighbors like you want to be treated. To me, those are, those are symptoms of your foundation. Those are, those are fruits. Like Jason talked about that idea of fruits mm. and trees. So if you don't know where to start, start with the fruits, with the, with the signs. It's like if a doctor has to figure out what's wrong with you, like, Oh, I'm sick. And I don't know why, what are they going to do? They're going to start checking your symptoms, you know, your blood pressure, we'll do blood work or whatever it is, you know, or if you're, if you're, plant is disease, there are symptoms that can help you identify why that is, right? And so in our lives, I think Dan's question more pointedly is like, what are some of those symptoms of a healthy foundation or an unhealthy foundation? You know, and I'll just start listing off things in no particular priority or order (laughs) or like sin level or anything like that. But, you know, I think an easy one is like, how do you spend your time? You know, how do you spend your time? Is it all day on YouTube or video games or whatever other kind of like escape type thing it is or is it investing in people is it serving people is it in god's word um what are the things that worry you you know what are the things that burden you is it um your security is it whether or not you're going to have income you know is it what people think of you and perceptions your reputation or is it man i'm worried about my brother's health i'm worried about um, this crisis happening in that family's life, you know? And if you think about it, all these things kind of relate back to what Dan just read. It's, do you have a heart for the Lord and for people or not? But more specifically, there's just, just a couple ways that it manifests out. But what are some other symptoms you guys can think of for foundational stuff? Well, I'd like to ramp it up a little bit. Like, Ooh, let's sounds- just give an example from each one of our lives of something of a symptom that we see regularly that we're constantly trying to check. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, uh, I'd rather point out the speck in my, in my brother's eye. Yeah, man, I'll, <laughs> I'll go first. This was a super easy one for me is just time. I can spend a lot of time on dumb stuff because it's the way I'm wired. I love, if I get interested in something, I just love going like diving headfirst in and becoming like really knowledgeable about it and proficient with it. And I just have a hard time not doing that. And I think you might be wired the same way with you a little bit. And so like, for example, this week, if someone looked at, not this week, but a couple weeks ago, this week I'm doing better, but a couple weeks ago, if someone looked at the fruit of my life or, and that was the one thing they're looking at my time and they had, they knew, they knew nothing about me and they had to base on that, say, who is this person? You know, unfortunately I can honestly say they would not have said, Oh man, the most important thing in this person's life is studying God's word and loving his people, you know? Yeah. They for sure would have said like a couple weeks ago, oh man, this guy really likes airplanes, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm learning to fly airplanes right now. And it's just like, it would consume me that week. Or, you know, this guy really likes whatever the thing you want to insert is. But I think it's easy for all of us to identify, are those things 
Jesus and his people or not, you know? So for me, that's a really big one. I'm always fighting is just using my time in a way that is fruitful and beneficial for the kingdom and my family and all those things. Yeah. I'll jump in and share something. So again, on that, that issue of inspecting the fruit, one of the things that the Lord is revealing to me is just some, that there are some just issues with, I guess like interpersonal, how, how I treat other people, you know, and there's a lot of different lessons just God's teaching me about controlling my anger and le- learning to to trust him with the my relationships and interactions and not trying to manage and, and control everything. And really underneath that, just learning to live without fear, trusting that he's a good father, that he loves me, that he's going to provide for me, that that he's working all things together for my good. And because I think sometimes, you know, if I'm not like, so, you know, for instance, in Matthew six, right. One of Jesus's teachings, right. Part of this foundation that I'm, I'm trying to build my life on is, Hey, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Mm. Your father knows that you have needs and he's going to provide for those needs. So just seek him and his kingdom first and everything else is going to, is going to work out for you. Right. That's one of these, these foundational teachings of Jesus. And so what I've been realizing is I, because I haven't been really renewing my mind and focusing on that, it's, it's making me, I, I'm, I'm basically not being careful with, with how I treat people. The words that I say to them, maybe the expectations I have of them. And so the Lord has been showing me, Hey, you've, you've hurt some people. And it's been, I, I've had to go back these last couple of weeks and just repent and, and ask for forgiveness for, for some people. And it's been really hard, but really good. And so I think that's something that I'm, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting the fruit to get a little healthier on <laughs> so that when people see, man, I watch Dan treat people. He treats them like Christ. He, he treats them he he doesn't he's not impatient with them he's not short with them he is you know gentle and compassionate and kind towards them mm. and that's that's something that the lord is working on you know he's doing some doing some pruning if you will <laughs> i just want to jump in and affirm dan in that way because i've been your friend for a long long time and i've just seen you doing that hard work lately and i know it's hard to be vulnerable with behold listeners and us all but yeah, I just love being your friend in this season and watching that process happen. Thanks, man. It's encouraging. Yeah, and it's such a blessing to see other men humbling themselves and apologizing <laughs> because I think, at least for me, it's difficult to to say sorry. But that's, I mean, that's something that my dad, he gave an example of that for us growing up and and it's just, I know that that's something that's difficult for a lot of men to just say that you were wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and try to fix that and admit it. Um, and so, yeah, just really blessed by your desire to do that. So, oh. And I've seen you do it. Thanks. So. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, for, for me, I think it's like one of the symptoms for me that I catch myself in is... Uh, just how I'm making decisions. If I'm 
allow, if I'm not intentional, like I can tell if I'm just making decisions without putting much thought into it because mm. that's easy to do. And sometimes it makes sense and I'm right on and I'm just, you know, the, the emotions and the desires that I have are good. And so those decisions are flowing in a good way. But sometimes I feel like that's the case, but it's flowing the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it makes me think of Ephesians 4.22 where it talks about like taking off the old self, which is corrupted by deceitful desires. Mm. And that word deceit is to be misled. So it's not that you know that it's wrong and you're doing it. It's that you believe that it's right wow. and it's not. Yeah, And so for me, when I'm making decisions without checking, hmm. you know, is this grounded in, in truth? Yeah. Is this founded in the truth of the Lord uh, or is it not? And, you know, I, that's one of the fruit that I see in my life. Like I'll, I'll like, it's almost like I just like catch myself after a while and I'm like, you know. Who's making the decisions here? <laughs> yeah. Is it is it you or is it the Lord in you? And that's one thing that the Lord's been reminding me of recently. Just like I am a very intentional person with the decisions that I make. And sometimes that can be, you know, sometimes I can be something that I don't do and I catch myself on it. And I'm like, it, it, sometimes it's just difficult to be able to see that you're not, your decisions aren't being founded in truth. Yeah. Like they're being founded yeah. in your desires and your desires are being deceitful. Right. Well, and I, you know? I, I like, I like kind of the, um, kind of the dichotomy that you're, 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 you're dealing with here because there there's incredible responsibility and freedom and, and, uh, and ability that God gives us as his, as his children, when he regenerates our hearts to make decisions and to, to live with, we can live with confidence. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to pray every day, like, Lord, what shirt should I wear? You know, and, or, you, don't or, do that. you know, or just, you know what I mean? Like he's given us the ability and, and the strength and, and the free will to like, to really pursue him and walk, you know, in confidence, knowing that, Hey, as long as we're abiding with him and we're, we're staying in step with the spirit and we're grounded in his word and we're part of a, of a faith family that holds us accountable. Like we, we, it's almost like we can't make a bad decision. Right there, there is there is that that sense to it, right? But there 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 has to be those checks in there, right? Because we can get into. I was thinking about. I mean, we're both in the basketball league right now. Shout out to all of our basketball. I don't know if there's any. I don't know if those if there's a Venn diagram of like beholders and people in the basketball <laughs> league. But if you're the, if you're listening, shout out to you guys. But one of the things that happens in basketball, sometimes like a shooter will get hot and just like, boom, 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 knocking down shots, knocking down shots. This last week, it, it, the team that I was playing, it was, it was Bernard. He was just like on fire. Right. But then what happens, Stephen, after, after a while, 
the guy gets really confident and, and, and they might jack up a shot that is like just completely insane. You know, Steph Curry status from like 30, 30 feet away, <laughs> double covered, whatever. And it's an air ball. What, what do we call that? Heat check, right? <laughs> That's a heat check. It's like, okay, that person was feeling themselves yeah. and all of a sudden they they were put in their place, right? And so I think maybe that's kind of an analogy for for sometimes how how we can get is we're we're living with this confidence that we're we're walking with God that we're in step with the Spirit that we're abiding with Jesus that we are growing in wisdom and understanding in, in Scripture, but then if we don't have those checks in there to to help us know that we're we're still on track, we can easily get off track. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost like it kind of requires some like level two thinking sometimes because oftentimes like when we're making decisions, things can be kind of sneaky. I think like Satan can be kind of sneaky in that it'll start and it's like, Oh, well that desire is a, is a good desire. You know, like an example would be like, I want to be a healthy person. Right. So I'm going to exercise or whatever. That's a healthy thing. Go for it. That fits into that purview of like the freedom we have. Right. Right. But then if it becomes like, okay, well this is taking away too much time from your family or you're putting this above time in the word, which is something I had to think about recently or whatever it is. All of a sudden, like it's the same exact decision but then now the desires on the face value, you might just say, yeah, I want to be healthy. But then underneath it, there is this second layer, which to me, I think it brings us to another good part of this conversation, which is just how sneaky appearances can be with your lives. And if you use the whole house analogy, it's like if you're home shopping, like, man, you, this house might look really great on on face value. But unless you do some deep digging, you'll never know the 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 condition of the foundation right and so for me the question is like man well how do we going back to the first question how do we look at our foundation it does require some deep digging on your end prayer invitation of the holy spirit and just honesty with yourself about these things we described how are you treating people you know how are you making your decisions and planning your life how are you using your time and your your mental energy and all that kind of stuff and as you do that it's kind of like with a house like how if what do you do? You hire an inspector to look at the foundation. If they start saying something, oh, I see a little crack there. That might be an issue. And they do deeper digging, right? And this is how it works with us sometimes. Like, oh, it turns out maybe I have issues with or trauma from my family or whatever it was. They're causing all these things. And you have to do some investigation. And what that process looks like with a house is like they identify as a foundation issue. And if it's repairable, what do they do? They, they raise the entire house up, Right. They jack the whole house up, which lets them see the issues and deal with it, right? And thinking about that in our lives, like maybe that's what has to happen for us sometimes is mm. all the stuff that we've built in our life, our our habits, our routines, our schedules, maybe we have to every once in a while jack that entire thing up and just pause and say, man, what's going on in my heart right now? You know? Well, what do you guys think about that? It sounds really traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 super necessary and i always come back to the prayer at the end of psalm 139 that david prays and it's something that i echo a lot in my own personal devotion life with the lord and and just it's just a you know a prayer of my life and do you guys do you guys know what i'm talking about he says search me and find me and know my anxious thoughts mm. see me like test me. Is there any offensive or grievous way in me? And then lead me in the way everlasting. 
Mm. And just because first of all, what I love about it is it's not just introspective thought. I think the world does that a lot. I think there's a lot of self-help books out there <laughs> or a lot of therapists who will, or podcasts or whatever, they'll t- that'll teach you how to be introspective and how to look inward and, and evaluate yourself. And certainly there's value to that. But like we, we just talked about a few minutes ago, we could, our self-assessment could be totally off, right? Our heart can be deceived, just like Stephen said, right? So what I think is way better than introspective thought and more biblical than introspective thought is prayerful introspective thought. So it's not just us going on a journey inside on our own, but we're basically inviting the Lord to, to lead that journey. So Spirit of God, will you, will you reveal to me what's happening in my heart, what's happening in the recesses of my mind, what, what are this, my blind spots? What are the areas that, that you want to mold and refine and sanctify? And yeah, there, and then it's like, not only do you, do you, are you asking the Lord to help point those things out, right? If there's any, if there's any anxious thought, or if there's any offensive way in me, but then you're saying, okay, now lead me. And you're asking him to lead you in the way that's right. So not only are you, are you being pointed out what's wrong, but you're being brought along the way that's right. And mm. it's, it's hard work, but it's, it's the only way that we can see if, if, if something's off with the foundation. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's a pattern that I've seen many times working in ministry seeing lots of different families or students, people that are very determined not to be like their dad or <laughs> not to be like their mom. Interesting. And that's, that's, that's like the, that's what the drives foundation. It. Like yeah. that's the, I mean, they're thinking about some other things too, but, and then they end up becoming like them. That's and, tragic. If you think about it, can and, you give us names of people that have done that? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Probably all and of it, us to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that the error is you're just trying to cut stuff out. You don't have a goal. Hmm. And that's why I love going back to the Ephesians 4, uh, 422 pa- passage or ver- well, Ephesians, the passage in Ephesians 4. Nailed it. It's yeah, 22nd one in it's, chapter 4. It's you take off the old self, you take off those clothes yeah. that are corrupt through deceitful desires. And then you put on the new self, which is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So going back to uh, what you were saying, just like it's, you know, search me, know my heart, see if there's any idolatrous way in me. Mm-hmm. And lead me in the way everlasting. Hmm. And I think going back to the foundational or the foundation analogy, you know, you may not be able to look underneath the house and see if the foundation is good. You might have some idea. You might be able to see some things. But it's way more helpful if you have other people that are doing that with you. And it reminds me of 
you know, I, Luke, Luke's family, me and Laura, and then my parents, we were looking at maybe going in in a property together in Livermore, and it was this great spot. <laughs> but the owner or the person that was selling was not allowing us to do inspections. Mm. And we're like, what? <laughs> always goes so great. sketch. <laughs> and so, I mean, you're allowed to walk around the property. And so we like invited contractors that we know and foundation people that we know. We're like, hey, can you just look at this with us? You know, and we'll just poke a flashlight underneath <laughs> in the vents. And, you know, they were able to let us know, like, conclusively, like, this this thing has a terrible foundation. Yeah, red <laughs> flags. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and without even going inside the house, yeah. you know, we were able to see it. And so I think there's a lot of beauty in the church family, you know, this the family of God where you're able to have people in your life that are able to see, you know, like you have the Lord and then you have the Lord that's in other people as well that can help you help guide you in what you need to work on. Yeah. Um, and, and then you're, and then they're also able to be there to encourage you to lead you in the right way in the, you know, in the way that the Lord's guiding you. So, yeah, that's really good. It, um, yeah, it is really good. I have two more thoughts about the house thing. (laughs) We're really taking this analogy far, you know, why not? But, but, you know, one thing that we talked about a little bit before the pod was as we compare the whole house analogy, it's like, I forget which one of you said the comment of like, yeah, I mean, it's not like our foundation can just disappear, right? Um, as the seasons change and whatnot. But sometimes we, we think about like, like, for example, right now we live in Pleasanton, Livermore, like the weather's pretty good. The odds of us needing that foundation to save our house from like a hurricane is not super high. So like that house, for example, the foundation was shot, but it was still standing is okay. Right. In some ways, who knows if it would have kept standing. But the thing is, when we're talking about the house of our lives, the house upon which we are going to be waging spiritual battle against the enemy who's seeking to devour us and keep our eyes from the Lord, you know, we're not living in a spiritual Pleasanton or Livermore, right? We're living in a place that is going to be a lifelong storm in ways. And yeah, we, we know that in the midst of that storm, we can have a fruit and a joy that is untouchable. And yet the reality is it's a storm. And Jesus says that he says, Hey, stuff's going to happen. And through that, you're going to glorify me. That's why you need this foundation. And so we have to have that expectation. That it's like, this isn't a just in case type of thing. This is a, you will face hardship. That's just life, right? And so the importance of the foundation cannot be understated enough. And that leads me to just think about how that verse ends at the end of chapter six in Luke, because it's like, oh, the man who doesn't put his foundation in faith in me, he's like the man who built a house on the ground with that foundation. And when the stream came against it, what does it say? It immediately fell. And then this last part, I think is really crucial. And the ruin of that house was great. And I just think about what that looks like in your life. You know, what does your house falling in that ruin being great look like? It's not good, right? (laughs) It's really not good. Whether it's relational stuff in your life, whether it's your own heart and your wellness, you know, whether it's physical stuff going on, whether it's you damaging other people and hurting them, whatever that looks like, 
this is really not good. And and the bigger house you build without that foundation, the harder it's going to fall and the bigger that ruin's going to be, right? And so it's just kind of a, a convicting reminder of that. And so my last thought, which I'll just end on this for myself, is what do you do? What, what are some things you can do right now to work on that foundation? Well, you guys both said, turn to the Lord, right? And so I'm going to keep my last imagery for this stupid house analogy, which this is definitely beyond the scope, I think, of what Jesus taught with the whole house thing, but whatever. So say you have a foundation that's messed up. Yeah, it was that house, for example. And if it was repairable, do you guys know how they fix foundations after they jack up the house? They break it apart, right? Yeah, well, they, they have to take out some of the bad stuff. But the, the biggest thing is you have to install something to keep that house stable. They install piers. Like The best way is with big steel piers that go down. And the point is they jack up the house and they install these piers that can go so far down that they can hit the bedrock. Mm. And that's the point is this house was built on shaky sand or whatever it is. But with these piers that can reach the bedrock, the house will be safe. And I just think about what that looks like in our lives when it comes to the Lord. Like, what's the bedrock? Well, God's the bedrock, obviously. <laughs> so, you know, so then I start thinking about these steel piers. And I don't know about you guys. I, I imagine these piers as being like patterns in my life I can implement kind of thing. And so I just thought of three peers that for all of us, we can examine if these are peers in our foundation. And if they're not, put these peers into our lives to build that foundation. So one of them is prayer, like you guys said. Put in a peer of prayer in your life. So maybe that looks like literally scheduling it into your calendar. I'm going to pray this time every day for whatever amount of minutes, you know, and just functionally build it into your life. The second peer for me is God's word. Same thing. I'm going to schedule into my weeks time to to learn and treasure and, and study God's word. Because again, this all flows from that. And the third peer for me is worship, is, is I'm going to worship God. And when I say worship, I extend that to be like personally with one another, with a faith community that, that loves Jesus, like on Sundays or groups or whatever. But those three peers, like if you just functionally do that, I think it's really hard to not have that overflow into all those fruits and symptoms we're talking about. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, those are those are fantastic. It's very, very fundamental to um yeah, to, to living the Jesus way, right? To doing to doing things God's way. I wanted to take us to somewhere that I don't know. Might, this might be a can of worms, but I'm, we'll just do it live. We'll oh see boy. how it goes. We'll do it live. <laughs> so, in in First Corinthians chapter three, Paul is addressing divisions in the church, and he's he's kind of laying the hammer down to the brothers there and sisters there, basically calling them out for being immature. Hey, you guys are not as far along as you should be. And he is saying a symptom of that immaturity is you are divided. Your unity is 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 split up because some people are following Apollos, some people are following Paul. Um, there seems to be this kind of uh, mix up in terms of who who's really the star of the show here mm. in the church, right? Who's really at the head? Who is the most important piece of this household of God in Corinth and in in any expression of uh, the bride of Christ in terms of a local church, right? And so Paul uses this analogy that um, really he's talking about about how a crop grows, 
right? Like somebody plants, somebody else waters, but really how does, how do things grow? They grow because God makes them grow, Mm. right? God's the only one that can actually do the work of, of building something up. And then he gets into the the idea that we've been talking about in terms of a foundation. And certainly the context here is he's talking about the, the way that the church is built up. And he, and he says, a foundation has been laid. Myself, as, a, as an apostle, I have the authority and, and the skill and the call to lay this foundation. Well, what is the foundation? It's Jesus Christ. And there's no other foundation. No one else can lay any other foundation. This whole church is not going to be built on anything else but Jesus Christ. And then he says, all of you are building on that foundation. And some of some of you are using materials that are shoddy. Some of you are using uh, wood, hay, straw. Others of you are using materials that are going to stand the test of time. Gold, silver, precious stones. And what he's saying is, there's going to come a day, the, the judgment day, basically, when God reveals the quality of the materials that we've all used to build. You guys, you guys tracking with me so far? Mm-hmm. And basically what he's saying is there are things that we are doing as the body of Christ. There are things that we are doing a, a, as a household of God that are going to be eternal in their, in their quality and they're going to last forever. They're going to withstand the, the fires of, of judgment they're going to withstand the test of time. They're going to they're going to actually matter. They're going to be investments that that are eternal in quality. And then there's some other investments, some other actions, things that we pour into, things that we we think are important that actually they don't matter mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of the eternal perspective. And when we're looking at this this chart that that Jason brought to us on on Sunday, or this graph, where it's like you know our foundation leads to beliefs and values and convictions and principles, and then you know it, it just it, it webs out right to how we live. I don't know. I wonder if that's a good thing for us to think about. And it, it's it, again, it's another kind of analogy or word picture for us to 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 use for evaluation. Right? What am I doing? you know, how, how am I building upon this foundation of Christ? Is it, it, am I investing my life in ways that actually matter or am I, am I kind of throwing just, I don't know, like shoddy materials on, on, on the pile. Uh, You guys know that we've been redoing the floors in our house because we had a leak. And so the insurance gave us some money and, and we're, we're, it's been kind of a nightmare actually. Uh, but you know, I mean, there are furnitures everywhere. There's dust all over the place. Uh, it's, it's backbreaking work. I have so much more respect now for like contractors and people that do this kind of stuff for a living. Steven came one day and helped me out and was just an absolute weapon, just working so hard. Thank you, Steven. But it's, it's amazing as we did the demo and we pulled out the flooring that was in there 
And then you, in your, in your other hand, you know, you would hold a piece, a plank of this old stuff with this like super, super high quality stuff that we were, I mean, they, they didn't even compare. Like one, one was like, one seemed like cardboard and the other was like the real thing that like wood that's like going to actually, you can live your life on. They're like, this thing's going to st- stand that I hope it's never going to have to come out again, you know? <laughs> and, and just to just, man, there's things in our life. I think that if we, if we held, held in one hand and then the other hand and we compared them, you know, it's like, uh, is this the quality of what I'm building here? Is, is it eternal or is it temporal? And I think that's, that's the question, right? Well, yeah. And so many things in life, unfortunately on, on face value, they look really enticing, but then when you do that real measuring, like, no, this is fickle. You yeah. know, whether it be money, chasing money, you know, new stuff, whatever it is, you guys can think of a list, but just that's how the world works. The world is always going to try to fill your life with stuff like that, that looks appealing, but in the scheme of eternity is just going to lead to nothing. Right. So no, you can have nice stuff. Not yeah. allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I instantly think of, you know, I can do all these things, but if I do not have love, Mm. it's all worthless. Yeah. Yeah. First Corinthians 13. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, faith without works is dead. If I'm not, if I'm like doing all this talk, but I don't have any actions in my life, you know, you see, we all know people in our lives that talk big about Jesus, but their lives look nothing like Jesus Mm. or, maybe they've been stagnant for years and it doesn't look like their heart is actually transforming. And you're like, what is going on there? You know, um, you know, just there's, or it, also I, I forget the passage, but it's, it's one of the climb verses. I'll be <laughs> working on that for the Navajo outreach. Nice. But, uh, if you don't keep re- re- tight ring on rain on your tongue, you're, Religion is worthless. I think it's James, right? Yeah. Isn't it James chapter one somewhere in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get so the, get so the just all these on. things where, all these things where, you know, they're checks for us. Like, is this a lasting thing? Like, you could be doing all these things and it not be worth anything. Yeah. And so just being intentional and like, where, where, where is my heart in this situation? Am I doing this out of faith? Am I doing this? out of love, like how many touch points do I have with the foundation of Jesus? You know, talking about those piers on the bedrock, like the more touch points your foundation has on Jesus, the stronger your foundation is. And so just like constantly looking at my life, you know, why am I doing this? Is this Mm -hmm. for Jesus? Is this for Jesus? Am I doing this in gratitude for Jesus? Am I doing this for my own glory or is this for the glory of the Lord? Do other people see what I'm doing and do they point to Jesus or are they just pointing right back at me? Like, wow, Stephen, you're amazing. Like, and you are, but well, glory to God, you know, let's point it right back to, to Jesus. Well, I want to go back to just that, that, you bringing us to first Corinthians 13, the end of that chapter there, just, you know, everything, everything, all these things are going to pass away, but faith, hope, and and love remain. And, and the greatest of those is love. Right. It makes me think about, it's been said a lot. N- nobody on their deathbed 
thinks, I wish I would have just worked more. I wish I would have achieved more success in the corporate world. I wish my car was nicer. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Or, man, I wish I would have got that golf handicap down, you know, or whatever. Like most of the time when, when people are in their final days, they're thinking about those eternal things that are related to yeah. faith, hope, and love. Man, I wish I would have invested more in God's kingdom. I wish I would have spent more time with the people in my, in my life that, that love me. Right. You know, I, I wish, I, I wish, wish I would have had that Jesus conversation with my coworker or exactly, family member or exactly. whatever it was. Yeah. So I think not to be morbid or anything, but the, what's, what's that verse in, in Psalms, you know, teach me to number my days so that I may gain wisdom, right? The more that we can think about our own mortality and that our time on this earth is just a vapor and really what's, what's the more significant thing about who we are is what's going to happen in the life to come. The more we can think about that, the more we'll be able to, to accurately judge and with wisdom, what is an eternal thing to focus on versus a temporal thing to focus on. Do you guys agree? I sure do agree with that. (laughs) It reminds me of first Peter just describing first Peter one, describing your faith, you know, like, yeah, your faith is going to be tested, but you're the genuineness of your faith being tested more precious than gold or silver and all that stuff. It says it's going to result in future glory and praise to Jesus. So like just thinking about that, like, man, that's what matters. You know, that's the meat that matters. And it's not even just to do it. It's like, we know there's a promise. It's going to result in glory later. You know, like we're going to stand before the father one day and he's either going to say or not to us like, Job well done, my son or my mm. daughter, you know? Yeah. And I want to say job well done. <laughs> Have him say that about me, that I will run the race well, you know? So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of stuff we've talked about today for, for some heart work <laughs> for those, those of you listening. But hopefully it's a, out of a place of love and encouragement. Again, it's like everything else is fickle if not, if we're not walking in love, right? Mm-hmm. And so we just urge you guys, take take a minute, take a beat this week to evaluate prayerfully like we said what are the things like we said what are the things that are burdening you this week what are the things getting you excited this week what are the things you're looking forward to you know who are the people in your life and how are you spending time with those people in your life are you using your gifts or not to serve your church family all these how's the things. golf game how is your golf game you know <laughs> and just as you as you sum up this big list of stuff it should point you one direction or not, you know, am I, am I really, really living my life right now? Cause you like I said, we're all building every day. We're building our house. So how am I building today? Am I building it on the rock of Jesus or not? Great podcast guys. This was fun, fun conversation. We should have, we should have you on more, Steven. It wouldn't be as special. Give the people what they want. They do want more Steven. That's true. Actually. <laughs> okay. Anything coming up? fellas in the life of the church we need to hit before we sign off i'll be at the crossing this week so that's fun i get to hang out with you peeps over here not that matters to people (laughs) all right y'all hope to see you uh sunday at both campuses to worship together like we said and next week again for the behold podcast peace and love and hope and faith thank you for listening Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. 
If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.